Hier komen wij in vreemd. Welcome to Red Flag Radio. I'm Emma Norton and it's just me in the studio today. I'm very excited to bring you a mini episode. I'm recording this as always on Gadigal land that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So the story behind this interview is that a group of workers at a stationary store called Mint My Desk, which has stores across Brisbane um, and across the country, have had two strikes in the past week. Pretty incredible. This company and its affiliate called Million Life engage in some extremely dodgy and illegal employment practices. They pay their employees well under the minimum wage. We're talking terrible wages, like you know, under $20 in some cases. Um, and they pay cash in hand a lot of the time as well. But workers across their Brisbane stores are fed up and they've gotten organized into a union called Mint My Desk Workers United. And they've actually taken a stand. They've uh, gone on strike, as I said. So today I'm talking to one of those workers, organizer extraordinaire and member of Socialist Alternative, Louisa. And Louisa has played a really crucial role in getting all these workers together and getting them out on strike to stand up for their rights. So I'm very excited to speak to her today. Welcome, Louisa. Thank you so much for having me. So good to have you. Um, I am not really like a TikTok person, so I only just found out about all of the amazing stuff you've been doing and it, it made me want to get a TikTok account because um, you've had a lot of really great posts on there, um, not just you but other workers as well uh, working for Mint My Desk about this strike. So let's get into it. Can you tell us about the company itself, Mint My Desk? So yeah, Mint My Desk, it's it's like a stationery store basically. Um, and I started working for them about two years ago and this was when they had two stores and both of them were in Brisbane. Um, so less, less than two years later, they have uh, now over 20 stores and yeah, all across the country. And a big part of why they've been able to expand so quickly is because they yeah, it's very illegal what they're doing. They don't pay the minimum wage, no pay slips, no super, no penalty rates, basically a checklist of everything um, that you possibly could do illegally as an employer. Mm-hmm. Mint My Desk does. Um, it, you know, it hires a lot of people straight out of high school in their first retail job, a lot of international students, um, all the classics of a dodgy company. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. they've been able to make huge, huge amount of money and expand their stores super rapidly directly because of this. Yeah. Wow. We're directly off the backs of a pretty mm-hmm. low paid young workforce. Um, and like you said, yeah, international students as well getting taken for a ride. So can you tell us like how mm-hmm. you started organizing here? This seems like a classic unorganizable workplace, um, probably in a lot of people's <laughs> eyes. So how did you do it? Yeah, well, that's definitely the thing. Like people always say retail super casualized. People are, most of my coworkers are all students. It's not really possible to organize because, you know, people could just lose their jobs or not interested. But I've had the exact opposite reaction because the conditions are so bad in the company. Everyone just hates the bosses because the bosses go around telling us what to do and then they can't even be bothered to pay the minimum wage or pay us on time. Like a lot of the time people's pay is like four to five days late. And even when you get it, it's not correct. So basically how it started was actually just, you know, people kind of knew me as the person who fought a bit against the bosses 
and uh, the wages and would, you know, sort of follow them up if someone's pay wasn't there. And then it just turned into actually talking more seriously about what we are entitled to and I guess, yeah, what can we do about this now that we know it's wrong? Mm. Well, can we talk a bit more about the bosses? Because I, I, one mm. of the TikToks that went up was about, um, and I think one of the placards that you held at a, a rally was about um, one of the bosses having a new Maserati and stuff like that. So you obviously know mm. quite a bit about the people that run this store. Yeah. Can you tell us about them? Yeah. Well, kind of this this recent campaign, the thing that really sparked it was actually the fact that one of the bosses bought herself a Maserati with personalized number plates. Um, and we just thought, wow, that's actually, that's quite bold really um, to be mm. like, congrats to me. I can afford a sports car. Um, when people are like literally, and when we say underpayment, like it's literally five to $10 below the minimum wage an hour. Um, and mm. so when we were doing calculations for like back pay, it was like, 200 300 400 $500 a week that we're not getting paid. You just see all of that money wow. going into this Maserati, basically. Um, they've got <laughs> investment properties. They're, they're like the entrepreneur types. They're constantly opening new stores of mint, but also mm. other businesses. And it was just like, this is, yeah, disgusting. Um, and people were just so fed up. And it's also the type of company where you're expected to reply to like a million messages, even when you're not on shift. And they're always like you know, chewing you out for like not dusting here or not putting this sign up correctly. And then they don't even have, yeah, the effort that goes into p- giving you a pay slip, even though it's like literally the legal minimum. Mm-hmm. So we were just like, it was just almost like a culmination of a million conversations on shift of being like, this is so messed up. Like, what can we do about mm. it? And we were just like, actually, no, this is messed up. So we, we have to figure out like something to do basically and actually, yeah, give them a bit of a run for their money, let them, let them just get away with it. Totally. So one of the things that um, has been really notable as well is, like I keep saying, how good you guys are at social media, but also mm. some of you run the social media accounts of the business, right? Like of mm. Mint My Desk. And have hundreds of thousands of followers. And can you tell us a bit about that and how you've kind of, um, yeah, used that against the company? Yeah, well, um, one of my coworkers, yeah, runs the Million Life TikTok account, which has, yeah, hundreds of thousands of views and, um, yeah, like a, a hundreds of thousands of likes as well. But, you know, so that brings in actually a lot of money for the company. Um, and obviously, it's like advertising, but she doesn't get paid to do the TikToks and she also doesn't even when she's just walking working a normal shift get paid the minimum wage so basically we thought actually let's kind of use you know million life has a bit of a I guess a name for itself on TikTok well we should use that platform to get the word out about what we're doing actually um and also Mm -hmm. use my co-worker Holly who's in the TikToks like you know she starts a TikTok with, you may have seen me on the Million Life TikTok, but now I've, I'm going to yeah. fight against this company because they're not paying me. And like people so were good. like, wow, I've seen your videos. Like that's so crazy and that's so disappointing. And like that was, yeah, yeah. A, a really cool thing. Um, and yeah, it's pretty bold. But like like I said, it was just like people were fed up with, about it. Um, and we just, you know, we just had sort of like, I guess, the resolve to just like, we've just got to do this all out if we're going to do this. We've just got to get yeah. as much attention as possible on it, generate as much talk, and that's how we can, you know, actually get the goods, um, you know, at the end of this campaign as well. 
Yeah, awesome. No half measures. It really feels oh. like that watching um, all of your work. I, and I've noticed as well, like a lot of support pouring in from exactly the people you're talking about, people who like Millie in life and like Mint My Desk and probably have watched their TikToks and then are just commenting like horrified. I can't believe, isn't this Australia? How do they not pay a minimum wage? Mm. Um, I think a lot of people would be shocked actually at how many <laughs> retail and hospitality um, businesses get away with not paying minimum wage. But um yeah, so really good work. Well, can you talk a bit more about um, how you first, because you've been basically doing this campaign for a year now and how you first started to raise some of these issues of basically stolen wages, like you went to Fair Work, I think, um, about a year ago. Can you tell us about that? Mm, yeah, the first time I went to Fair Work properly was, yeah, over a year ago, so in July of 2022. And the report I submitted was, yeah, pretty clear. I said, I'm not being paid the minimum wage. I don't get penalty rates and I don't get pay slips. So, you know, those three things immediately, they are violations. <laughs> like, you know, you should be getting, that is the minimum. Like, that's what you should be getting at work. But the response I got back from Fair Work was, well, yeah, that is illegal, which I already knew. And then they said, you should talk to your employer about it. And I said, what? Like, I have talked to the employer about it. That's why I've come to you, yeah. Fair Work. Uh, isn't this, you know, what you're meant to do? And then nothing came yeah. of it. They basically said, we're not going to investigate further. You just need to have another conversation with your employer. Um, which, yeah, wow. is, I guess, you know, not surprising from something like Fair Work. Like, any young person who's ever gone to submit a report, everything on the website and everything when you're calling is basically trying to dissuade you from submitting a report. They're like, mm -hmm. please try and have a conversation in your workplace. And um, you know, did you know we have a frequently asked questions section on our website? Save the time of calling. It's like, oh, my God. Like, seriously. Like, yeah, in the workplace, if your boss is just being intransigent about it, you think, okay, maybe I'll go to fair work. And then you get this really hostile experience. And really, mm. it's not about, you know, actually defending workers' rights. It's basically, you know, like a you know, HR department where it's all about, you know, maintaining discussion and discourse. And it does nothing when there's even when there's literally blatant um, violations of very basic workplace laws. It still basically says we can't do anything about it. So it's like, really, yeah. what's the point of fair work? If, you know, when someone's not being paid minimum wage, you can't do anything. So obviously, the fair work commission didn't help. So what was your next step? How did you try to escalate from there? Well, for like for a while after that, it was just actually trying to. Um, yeah, I guess still trying to resolve this in the workplace and have discussions. But it wasn't really until the, the past couple of weeks that we actually understood the full extent of our underpayment. Um, we, yeah, people had an idea that, uh, yeah, this probably isn't right. And I, yeah, we were like, yes, you need pay slips. But actually looking into the award and talking to each other about our own wages and kind of even the penalty rates individuals were getting, that's when we got the full picture of like, wow, like, there's something really bad going on. And it's not just that mm. we're a few dollars under the minimum wage, but we're all casual. So you get the 25% casual loading. There's uh, yeah, penalty rates. There's a penalty rate after 6 p.m. There's penalty rate for Saturday and a different penalty rate for Sunday. And just like so many, I think a lot of young people don't even know exactly what they're entitled to. And I think retail bosses kind of rely on that. They rely on like thinking, oh, yeah, these young workers – they don't know what their rights are at work. So a big part of, yeah, I guess this campaign, which really has been organised in the past month, has just been 
equipping ourselves by knowing exactly what we're entitled to because it just means that like me and all my workmates yeah we know exactly what we're entitled to and we're not going to settle for less than that because it's literally the bare minimum like it really should not be hard um and it is not hard to implement award conditions like they're barely they're not even good enough um in terms of like the thing we've been talking about as well it's like we're all students there's a massive cost of living crisis the minimum wage and all of that, it barely covers expenses. And then this company can't even be bothered and actually chooses not to pay people the minimum wage. Like this is a disgrace. Um, And getting a full picture of that and getting a full picture of just how much we could be owed in back pay, that was when this really took off and people were like, Mm. yeah, actually let's get together and actually let's fight around this a bit more. Like we're not waiting around for fair work anymore. We want to show, you know, other workers in this country but also retail um, in this company rather, but also retail workers around the country that actually you should stand up and it's possible to stand up and actually, yeah, demand, you know, what you're entitled to and demand your rights. And you guys have gone on two strikes in a week. Is that right? Mm, That's right. Amazing. Tell us how that happened. Like that is not, you know, the the current state of the Australian union movement means that like most workers in Australia have never been on strike Um, and you know, most might not have ever, ever even thought of it. So how did you get, was it, and it was all the Brisbane stores, right? Mm, um, yeah. of Mint My Death. How did you get that to happen? That's incredible. Well, yeah. I mean, even just thinking a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were having a, a meeting and we were explaining what is a union and, you know, <laughs> or even understanding what is the, the general retail industry award. And then, yeah, a couple of weeks later, all my workmates just you know walking out of the job and holding signs and enchanting workers united will never be defeated like it's yeah I, I was very inspired really by it um and I think the thing was that we started having these collective all-in meetings so on a Monday night we'd get on zoom and we'd discuss um yeah what we were submitting to the bosses as our demands and our plans for the next step who are we going to reach out to for support um what you know, do we think we should do for social media and that sort of thing? And so it was a really collective campaign. And when we voted to strike, it was unanimous. Like literally all my coworkers, the first vote, it was unanimous. We were like, okay, when should we go on strike? What should it look like? Where should we have the rally? But it was like, we've got to go on strike. Um, and that was just really incredible, really, because it's, <laughs> it is, it's very brave to stick your neck out like that um, and brave to stick your neck out when you're just kind of learning about what it means to be, to stand in solidarity, what it means to fight collectively. But people picked up on that so quickly and they were like, all right, yep, if we fight together, we can win. So we've just got to fight straight away. Like that was kind of the process. Um, And then, yeah, we just had, yeah, those meetings, which were great, but it was really like the rally itself that helped um give so much confidence to these work like workmates of mine and in fact it was at the strike rally that I met some of these people for the first time in person um and yeah I think that was really cool like just to see how much their confidence um grew over the rally and seeing how much people supported them like um it was yeah really incredible and for some people I think it was probably the first protest they've ever attended and it was literally them on strike like that doesn't happen um but yeah it was cool um, so did you guys shut down like the stores completely so nothing remained open 
Yeah, so on the Saturday, um, it was all a surprise to the management. On the Saturday at opening yeah. time, we, we sent to them our demands, which were minimum wage, penalty rates, back pay and pay slips. We said the stores aren't going to be open until 12 today because we're on strike. Um, yeah. They were absolutely shocked. I sent a big text message to – they have basically all the runnings of the company is on WeChat. Um and they have a big group chat with all the Meet My Desk workers in the country and it's for like display ideas. But at 9.30, right. I sent a massive text message saying, Brisbane staff are on strike. We know you're underpaid oh, in the rest of the so state. Cool. All this information. Two minutes later, one of the managers in Brisbane disbanded the chat, but he didn't get rid of the chat. And the last <laughs> message in it was my message saying, we're going on strike. It's illegal what this company <gasps> is doing. So they were absolutely shocked. They couldn't believe it. Um, and yeah. that was part of it too. They totally underestimated because nearly all of my um, co-workers in Brisbane and everyone on strike is a young woman. Like the eldest mm. of us are like 21. They totally underestimate um, us. They totally think, you know, we're polite and we're just doing our job and it's mm. a really cute store and whatever. And now you've got these fire brands who are like, your store is closed. Um, I'm not working until 12 today because you don't um, pay me. And the second strike was kind of even cooler um, because in retaliation to that rally, the bosses um, do a lockout. They closed two of the three Mm. stores in Brisbane for three days. And what they said was due to publicity and also industrial action, we've had declining sales, which if that's true, good, because what we did was expose the truth of the company, um, which was that they're criminally underpaying people. But again, you don't need an economics degree to see that you've lost sales. Why would you close two stores? Like it was very clearly a punishment actually. Um, And it meant that a bunch of people got their shifts cut. Um, So like, yeah, the strike on Wednesday was about saying, okay, you've closed two stores. But if you're going to lock us out, we're going on strike again and this remaining store is closing. Um, and that was cool as well because that was at yeah, 12 p.m. on the dot. Suddenly the, the lights are off, the doors are closed and we're walking out of Garden City. Like, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I think important as well to be like uh, take that stand again and actually show that like yeah. there will be further action if you don't implement the award. Our demands are very simple. Because they're trying regard. to... You know, a lockout for bosses is always about trying to scare workers with the mm. idea that they'll permanently lose their jobs or the you know you'll you'll destroy this company or whatever, which is always bullshit, but it can seem quite scary. And I think mm. to to respond to that with "Well, fuck you, we're walking out" is really yeah. brave and uh, definitely the right response, rather than kind of giving into that fear. Um, mm. So, what was it like being on strike? Lots of probably most of the people listening to this podcast will not have been on strike before. Mm. Um, and certainly most, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds have, have never um, mm. done that. So, yeah, what was it like? Yeah, well, I've been to my fair share of rallies, but I have to say the strike rally on Saturday was the best thing I've ever been a part of. Um, it was like, yeah, it was exciting. Um, but it was also extremely moving actually to watch my coworkers, like even a co- like, you know, you have to have a lot of bravery to even get out there in the first place. But over the course of the rally, their confidence just growing and growing and growing, which meant that exactly like when the bosses responded with a lockout, it was like, okay, this is a bunch of young workers who've just gone on strike 
and you're punishing them. Their response is not going to say, okay, maybe the bosses are right. They're going to be like, how dare you attack us again? Like you've been underpaying us for two years and your response Mm -hmm. to that is to punish us. Like, how dare you? And like people, yeah, that was exactly the response. So when we had the meeting before the second strike, again, unanimous vote for strike. Um, And then the question was, do we do it tomorrow or do we do it on Wednesday? Like that was the the mood um, for people. And the rally itself, yeah, we were in um, the city on a Saturday morning. Uh, it, there were people around, people were cheering, filming and clapping. And it was just an incredible experience to, you know, be marching and see people looking at the signs. And, you know, that like actually what we're doing right now is pretty special. Um, there's not a lot of strikes in this country, which is a real shame. And there's certainly not a lot of retail strikes. And suddenly all of my coworkers, who I think are the best people ever, were taking the stand um, collectively. Like it was pretty cool. And like for the rest of the day, it was like the best shift I've ever worked because I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was just on strike. Like um, we had like people, like re- retail workers all over from, you know, different stores in the city coming up to us and saying, hey, I saw what you did. Good on you. I hope you win. Like all these young retail workers being like, I wish I could do something like that at the Termside store on Saturday, so the day of our um, first strike, some lush workers came to the store and they dropped off some like soap and stuff and were like, good on you, keep up the good fight. Um, at the store I was working at in Uptown, yeah, a few couple different retail workers came up during the day just to be like, I saw your rally, I saw a video on TikTok. I think it's really brave what you're doing. That's really cool. I wish I could do something like that. And um so that's yeah, that's been a, a really important thing as well because a big part of like the rationale for the workers um, from Mit My Desk in Brisbane was also that, okay, we want to win our rights at work. We want to win the rights of the rest of the people in the company and anyone who works here in the future. Like we want to make sure that they, they actually get paid the correct wage. But also we hope that like other retail workers who feel like, okay, whatever I know I'm being paid below the award but it's like what can I do I'm really replaceable well actually what you need to do is just talk to your workmates talk about your conditions make sure you understand what you're entitled to and if you can collectively fight back um it can be super empowering and you'll get a lot of support like um online we've had just immense amount of support um for what we're doing so many messages of solidarity from retail workers but also other like individual trade unionists and um, militants basically who are just like keep up the good fight like we need to see more of this um so that's a big part of um yeah I guess the impact of the strike as well is that so many people have you know reflected back to us what we hoped they would get out of it is that um yeah that you know god there's a lot of reasons to fight at the moment and actually you can organize organize to do that and, and organize some pretty cool and inspiring things if you if you try. Yeah. It's I think it's so inspiring for people cuz we all kind of wish we were doing what you're doing right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um one question I had is actually about the response of Mint My Desk and and their kind of parent company to what you've done. So when I googled Mint My Desk, um you'll be happy to know all of the stuff that comes up first is about your strike, <laughs> um, not yes. so much about the company. But one thing that also came up was a statement that the company has written. Um, it, it's like on mm. the, the front page of their website. Um, and in it, they, they sort of say like, we appreciate that there are concerns that have been raised 
Uh, we continue to, you know, consider them. But then they say MMD notes, however, that any concerns raised by these employees should be done in a respectful and courteous manner. <laughs> what do you think of that? Mm. Have you been respectful and courteous? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's always the thing the bosses say, I think. But it's like, I guess the question is, what's really respectful about purposely underpaying your workers for three years? Or what's respectful about brushing off their concerns when they raised it? Like, Honestly, give me a break. You've stolen thousands of dollars from mm. people and you're asking us to be respectful. Um, firstly, that's bullshit in the first place. But secondly, we have given you actually opportunities and actually a lot of opportunities to fix it. Um, and it would be so easy. All you have to do is get the correct award rate and times it by the amount of hours people work. Like it's quite simple to understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I read that the company is now threatening to sack some of your workmates. Can you explain what's going on there? Yeah, well, um, during the strike on uh, Wednesday, we got a message saying that, yeah, due to unlawful, um, you know, walking out, that one of our co-workers, Charlie, has um, been, like, threatened basically to be stood down. And it's like in all their, their correspondence with us, they're talking about, you know, this is the law and, you know, yada, yada. but. It's like, when have you cared about the law when you're literally like yeah. breaking it every single day, like paying in cash, no pay slips, below the minimum wage, that's all against the law. And then suddenly people stand up and you want to punish them for standing up for their requirements. Mm. And it's also just like, you know, it's crazy that there's been two years of underpayment, thousands of dollars stolen. And then someone stands up once and your response is we've got to sack them. Like, that's it just shows how greedy these people are really that they you know can't even bear the idea of people saying actually you owe me some money um and I'm gonna get it like that's yeah that's that's their response to punish them and I think it's obviously an intimidation tactic really to the rest of us and how have you guys Um, responded because they're really going after just these two workers which is (laughs) It's like they can't sack the entire workforce, but they can try and mm. make an example out of two people and scare the whole, like the rest of you. Mm. So how have you guys responded to that threat? Yeah, well, I guess the way we've seen it is like, okay, yeah, this this is a threat and they're trying to dissuade us from standing collectively. But the reality is the decision to walk out was a collective decision um, and we're not going to be scared out of, um, you know, standing together or standing up for our rights. They can, you know, threaten us with these things. They can close the stores. But all that does is actually uh, remind us why we're in this fight, Um, (laughs) that actually this can't happen any longer. This company clearly and so obviously, um, they, you know, are happy they've got away with this for so long and they want to keep getting away with it. But like I said, like time's up for them. We've revealed all of this. A lot of people know about it now. Yeah, the articles, when you search up Mint My Desk, the articles pop up. So it's basically the choice is for them how quickly are they going to fix it because we're not backing down from this fight. Even the people who were threatened to be stood down, Charlie. Um, Charlie actually said in a quote like to Red Flag um, newspaper, like, I'm not scared by this. Like all this shows me is that what we're fighting for is really right um, and that we had to put up this fight. Um so I think, yeah, that sort of thing is, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome attitude to have it. And I'm really glad that all my coworkers feel the same that, you know, yeah, they'll try and corner us and intimidate us and threaten us, but it's, it, yeah, it's too late. Um, we've already had the great experience of what it feels like to fight back. So 
Well, I think a lot of people might be wondering how you did all of this. Like, it's not like they teach us how to unionize all our workmates (laughs) and go on strike at school Mm. or something. So like, how did you uh, get so good at this? How did you learn to do all this? Yeah, I think a big part of it it just has to come down to being a socialist and, and being a part of an organization. Like I'm a member of Socialist Alternative. And what that's taught me is actually there is different strategies at play in the union movement right now. And mm. the dominant one is that we should go the legal method, we should wait for the arbitration courts, or we should vote for the Labor Party in the next election. But what that's got us is a huge, like, where are we right now? A huge cost of living crisis, wages are going backwards. Um, and, like, there's, you know, certainly the, I guess, conditions for people to fight back, but where's the political leadership for it? Um, and so in my workplace, it started by just being known as, like, the socialist in my workplace. Like, people knew me as a person who, um, you know, would, you know, fight for them or defend them if their wage was incorrect. Um, and that turned into like actually being able to have a bit of authority when I said, hey, I think there's potential to organize a bit of a campaign around this. But it was also important to like be able to make the arguments to some of my other workmates that like they should be also, you know, making these arguments about why people should be involved in the campaign. Because like, yeah, it's not, you know, like me decreeing on high, get involved, but actually about all my coworkers talking to each other, making the arguments to each other. Um, about why it's not just important that we know what we're owed, but we do something about it, like, right now and do something about it as a collective. Yeah, a lot of my coworkers, like I said, may have never been to a rally before, but now they're going, wait, I can see how protests are really important. I can see why it's so important to stand together. And if we stand together, um, you know, we can we can fight and the bosses can't victimise individuals. Um, or even just, you know, my workers love the chant, Workers United will never be defeated. And they heard it for the first time on Saturday and they love it. It's like their favorite thing ever. <laughs> they're constantly saying it because they're like, actually, that's right. Like, it's not just a chant, it's not just a phrase, but it's true. And it's actually a sh- like, it shows a strategy. And like, that's, I think, important and something that we need a lot more of, really. Yeah. I've, I, I mean, you've been a socialist for two years now, right? Um, which is pretty yeah. much the same length of time you've been working at Mint My Desk. And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, having all those examples from history that socialists go on and on about of how workers have unionized and fought back in the past and also just like not falling yeah. for any of the the manipulations of the bosses and, you know, the yeah. idea that you just got to be like, like the bosses themselves said, like be polite to us or whatever. Um, yeah. Be courteous. It's like, no, actually, this is a this is a, a t- deeply unfair relationship where the bosses exploit us. So we're going to use everything in our power to fight back and not go easy on them or something. It's not like they fucking go mm-hmm. easy on us. So <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. One question is um, probably a lot of people are thinking is you know, you guys are still in the thick of this fight. You still haven't won yet, uh, even though I'm sure you've dealt some pretty embarrassing blows to the bosses. But what can people do to help in your fight? Yeah, um, I think the thing we really want to continue is just getting the word out about what we're doing. Um, I think importantly, because, yeah, it's hugely embarrassing for the company to have all of this um, revealed about them that they've been you know getting away with it um, for all these years but I think yeah the stuff on social media is is great like sharing that around we've also got a fundraiser for the people who are locked out and lost their shifts um, 
and that's I think important as well like uh to actually be able to know that like yeah when you take really awesome industrial action the you know left-wing people unionists they'll back you um but I think also just like the other way to make sure that campaigns like this can win is is also just talking to your own workmates about your rights as well because um, I think the best thing to come out of this would be a lot of retail and hospital bosses around Australia thinking, damn, maybe we can't get away with underpayment anymore. Maybe my workers mm. will actually all organise and destroy my company if I do this. Like that would actually, that would be the biggest win really. Um, you know, we want our back pay certainly. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to sort of give up on that. But yeah, I think if, you know, retail bosses and, you know, all the, all these sort of dodgy managers and stuff, they got a bit of a wake up call out of this. That would be, that would be um, a big boost as well. So, yeah, I think just, you know, doing what you can in your own workplace. Maybe it's not organising a strike. Maybe the conditions aren't there. But even just, you know, making sure that, you know, your workmates feel like you're a part of a collective and it's, you know, one fight you've got you've got to be a part of. I think that's, a, that's the best way to help. Well, what's – so for, for a lot of those, like, retail and hospitality workers out there who might be listening to this thinking, wow, I wish that would happen in my workplace. What do you, what's a good tip for like a, a first step or what's, what's some of the things you've done that you think have really created a, uh, a good environment for all of your workmates to talk about these kinds of issues and get to where you are today? Mm. I think you've got to talk about politics in the workplace. You've got to talk about things that people know about, like the cost of living crisis, how expensive rent is. And as a political person, what you've got to be able to do is relate to people's, you know, frustration about that, but also like make an argument that, all right, the same people who make you pay hundreds of dollars more on rent are also the people who are trying to undercut your pay at work. Like they, you know, they run the same system. Um, and, you know, you know, what they have that, uh, what we have that they don't actually is the numbers. And also, yeah, the, the industrial power to actually stop the flow of profits, hurt, like hit them where it hurts um, when that's possible. But even short of that, to actually um, stand as a collective and, and be a force to stop attacks or stop, um, you know, undercutting whether, that, you know, the boss is trying to convince people to not do penalty rates if we give you KFC on Thursdays or something like that. Like actually working with your coworkers to set a standard and also, you know, raise your expectations for what you should get in the workplace. Like, I think it just starts with, you know, staking yourself out as a political person in the workplace and talking to your workmates. Like, what do you think about the wages here? What do you think about this um, at work? Because a lot of the time people will go, I'm pretty annoyed about this, but I don't know how my coworkers feel. So you've just got to, yeah, start the conversation and stake your place out as a fighter, like if, if you want to convince people to, to join you in that. Awesome. Well, good luck with the rest of this fight. I think Thank everyone you. listening to this is very much behind you as are thousands and thousands of people who are following uh, what's happening. We hope you get more media mm-hmm. attention and all the attention that you guys deserve because it's absolutely wonderful what's happening um, and we really hope you win. So, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for this special episode of Red Flag Radio. We hope you've enjoyed it. You can help out the workers at Mint My Desk by sharing this episode widely so we can get the word out. But also check out some of their content on Instagram and TikTok. Just search Mint My Desk Workers United and share that around as well. Until next time, we have a world to win. Mm-hmm.